Well, welcome to the next session that we're going to be talking about as a couple living in bliss. Now, when I think of that word, I, I just couldn't even conjure up what that must feel like because in my relationship at that time, the struggle that I was having was that we were way out of balance based on what it was that we wanted to achieve and um, what I guess our, our goals were at that immediate time, there didn't feel like there was any balance to any area of our life. And so if you think about um, you know, life as the wheel, and I've, I've seen the wheel of life, a lot of courses that I've gone to where they talk about you know, in, the, um, in the middle of the wheel, you've got the spokes, and you rank yourself from zero to 10 on how fulfilled you are in each area of your life. And uh, there certainly will be one in your workbook that you'll be able to use. And what the idea of that is to have a look at the wheel that is created when you rank yourself from um, zero, feeling you have uh, no mastery in that area of your life, out to 10. And it makes sense that if every area of your life was balanced, then it should be five out of 10 for every area. Because what I was finding was that my pull of wanting to have balance within our financial life was taking away. So we might have um, been focused on that area 10 out of 10, but that meant that zero out of 10 was happening with social. Um, if we were focused on personal development, so 10 out of 10, then it meant that family was getting zero out of 10. And so we were pulling the balance that we you know, desired out of our relationship. And rather than focus on all of the ones that were out of balance, what I encourage you to do is just to take the bottom three. Okay, so the bottom three, what's important is just to highlight that if those areas um, weren't focused on you know, for a period of a year, what would be the natural consequences of that? So let's take, for example, family. Okay, so as uh, a busy uh, business owner, what I'd find is that, you know, mum would ring or my sister would ring in the middle of a busy work day and my mind was elsewhere. And I'd be thinking, would you just cut to the chase? You know, what is it that you're actually needing from me so that I can get that done and I can move on? And I wasn't giving myself the permission to be able to create that relaxed relationship with each of my family members. And so I imagine that that would have been happening within my relationship as well, is that my focus at that time had gone to creating financial independence and therefore every waking moment felt as if I needed to be focused on making that happen. And so over a period of time, what happens is there's a net cumulative effect that builds up. And the net cumulative effect meant that I had uh, a bit of a stunted relationship within my family with some of the other women because when they invited me places, I just wasn't present if it was during the week because my value set was valuing higher to do things that were going to get my goals quicker so that I could spend the rest of my life growing those relationships. But unfortunately, in, in this instance, what happened for me was that I got that wake-up call when you know, my mother really discussed that with me to say, every time I ring, um, you know, I feel that you don't want to talk to me or you're short with me or you make me feel um, like I'm not wanted. 
and it just ended up being that that relationship um, grew apart a little bit and it needed more time to fix it. And so what I found was to gain balance in that area, I needed to actually prioritise that relationship. So I'm just using my mother's relationship as an example, but I did this through every relationship. And there's a great book, uh, Stephen Covey, Covey uh, Seven Habits, Habits of Highly Effective People, that you can read. And he talks about getting your roles really clear. And uh, that really helped me to have a look at who are the roles that I was actually playing. And I was definitely playing entrepreneur, but I was also a wife. I was also a mother. I was also a friend. I was also a sister. I was a daughter. I was a cousin. I was a neighbor. Um, I was a, um, a supporter of different charities and I had to go through and look at all of those roles and actually decide where I was going to put my priorities during the month. And so I picked a slot for um, myself as a daughter and I um, called mum and made sure that at that time to be a daughter I would make sure that I had an appointment booked in with her so that she was available and I used to go over and give her a pedicure and it was something that for me as a, as a daughter was um, more of a servant role and it felt as if when I was there I was really contributing or giving in that relationship and it was a time where she could just open up and just talk to me and um, share whatever she had to share. And so my mind was in the right place to gain balance back in that relationship. And it was the same with all of the relationships with my brothers and sisters. It took a priority where it hadn't had a priority before. And what I found is that it actually fueled me to do more work because I started dreaming more of what balance I could bring into my family's life by me pushing through my barriers of fear and frustration in business and what could I give to them when financial freedom had occurred and I think sometimes in the couples that I've been coaching what I've seen is that they're so out of balance gaining what they think will provide for their family that they're missing the point of that net cumulative effect so an easy one to think about is is health imagine if you um, said that I'm not going to exercise for five years whilst I get myself absolutely um, wealthy and with passive income and then every day after that I'm going to exercise for an hour a day, I promise. Now when we think about health, we realise that it's the little things that you do on a continuous basis that is going to allow you to have balance in that area of your life. So for five years if you don't eat or you eat excessive the um, types of foods that aren't going to um, benefit your body and you don't exercise and you don't have any stress management and no massage and perhaps not see your physio or chiropractor or osteopath or whatever it is that you need to do to be able to gain balance in that physical area of your life then what you'll tend to find is after a five-year period the stresses that are on your body will mean that your life is significantly shortened or the um, experience that you have when you have all that money um, is not as great because you do get sick and in fact I had quite a few clients early on that I would encourage them to really look into their physical health and start having a look at where they were gaining balance and when they were very resistant um, to me about that I let up on it I didn't really um, push the subject because of course I was a business coach and so I should just stick to business. 
You know, and this is where I guess um, in this modality of realising I'm more of a holistic coach really set in because I watched the impact that their deteriorating health had on their families and had on their businesses. And you know, there's a responsibility to gain balance within all areas of our life if we're to lead others. And I think that's the important thing is this program is really about becoming a leader. And so it's important that in your relationship you are leading and in your um, family you are leading. And so therefore in order to lead in those areas you need to give time and a priority to each of those different areas. So it's definitely, I hope those examples have um, given the clarity, but you could go around every single one of those areas. It's like saying I want to um, build a multi-million dollar company, but I don't have time to read. And, and allowing your personal development to get zero on that wheel, thinking that you'll be able to cut it by just um, using the information that you already have. And we know that leaders are readers. And if you're not reading, if you're not putting good stuff in, then it's not there when you need it. Okay, so that's when reading really counts. And I've certainly found that I had set myself a goal to read 100 books and, um, and it's got a cracking start to the year. And uh, what was important was that, you know, prioritizing that reading, what I found was that when I put myself in um, more stressful situations within a business environment, I remained calm. So if I could just compare the difference between when I wasn't reading for that 45 minutes or one hour a day compared to when I did, I was able to remain a lot more calm, a lot more centered because I was clear around what the responses were coming coming through. So that's really important. So that would be um, the area of balance. And I think that, you know, if you cross check with your partner of what areas that they have a challenge with, they're going to be different. And that's the great thing about when you are working in a couple is that, you know, physical was never a challenge for Kent, but it was always a challenge for me because it was his passion. And so being able to gain balance within our relationship meant that he took over all of the shopping and all of the food preparation for a period of about six years. Okay, now that's an incredible advantage. However, with him supporting me, that meant that he was able to give up work and he was able to pursue passions that he had. He was able to experience being a full-time dad. And um, you know, that's rare for most men. And so there's benefits to working as a team and to be creating balance as a team. Now, I would read books and then I would highlight things and highlight chapters and say, look, I think out of this book, these would be the key things that we need to learn about or discuss. And so he might've just read one chapter out of a book as opposed to the entire book. So, I mean, we balanced each other with our knowledge that way. So it's having a look throughout your partnership then at each wheel. If you actually superimpose one wheel onto the other, have a look at how strong you are as a couple out there in life. And, uh, and that's a really significant thing to know is that if you balance each other, well, isn't that great? You know, then go to that person first when you're needing to ask for some help and then show that they, they can add value that way. And that's, that's very important. So it takes us on to the next uh, look at how we can leverage within our relationship. So let's have a think about, you know, if the word bliss, we've got balance and then we've got leverage. And what I found is that unless I could apply leverage to different areas of my life, I was never going to get the result 
that I was thinking about or dreaming of or wishing for. And um, leverage is getting more with less. So if you think about the classic lever, okay, so you're, you're trying to lift something on your own, it's very difficult. Um, you just put the lever in underneath the object and then apply, apply a smaller amount of weight to get a greater output. Okay, so when we're thinking about leverage um, for ourselves in terms of creating more bliss, we need to get more with less. Okay, so what we're trying to do is get a greater result with team with less effort. So let's have a think about that. How can we do that within our relationship or within our businesses? Alright, so working together as a team. So what I found was I used the leverage of Kent to come in to our teams to do some team activities. And what it meant was that he as an outsider would come into the business and be able to add a balance there or a different energy there that I couldn't add. You know, so as a couple we started leveraging in different areas of our, of our life. So if we go round that cycle of life again and we start thinking about how can we leverage within our finances. Okay, so it made sense that we could start to look at all the different areas of our expenses of what was needed and then be able to say, well look, it makes sense if you actually give up work and you come on as the supporter in the business or the, the personal assistant in the business for a period of six months and that cuts um, a whole bunch of activities that I was trying to do half-heartedly. So, you know, when I, when I looked at my strengths within the business of uh, the sales role and making sure that I was staying in operations, then there was able to be a whole lot of support to be able to make sure that the back end of that business was running smoothly, the finances were looked after, um, a lot of the information going out to the teams that we were working with was, uh, was leveraged. And so for a period of six months we worked together. Now the greatest day, and we both agree, is when um, Kent resigned, or I sacked him, or uh, we decided mutually to um, cease working together. And so that we were able to create greater leverage by six months pooling all of our profit and so that we could afford our very first personal assistant. Okay, and then from there the company just grew and grew and there were lots more lessons around that corner. But what it enabled Kent to be able to do was to fast track um, to get him into his passion, his area of what he was doing. So to step away from his career as such and help within our business, we leveraged the time that it would have taken for us to create our dream life. Okay, so that's, that's the other important thing. So we're looking at how you can leverage all aspects of your life. Okay, if you have children, what areas do you need help with to be able to get a better result um, in less time? We got to a point where our business was to, um, able to be able to pay for a cleaner at home. So every two weeks the floors and the bathrooms would get done. We then set a goal to be able to get what we termed a domestic PA, who was somebody who would come around in the household and be able to pick up anything that we did not want to do. So it meant that if we felt that we'd had too much time with the kids, that they could take the kids down to the park and we could cook the dinner together and just have an afternoon where we could connect. Alternatively, we'd take the kids to the park and the domestic PA could uh, prepare all the meal and, and cook and we would literally just arrive, sit down and eat. Then we would bath the kids 
and she would clean the kitchen and um, finish up for the evening. And it just took a whole bunch of stuff that we would class as low skill and low enjoyment in our life and we paid for somebody else to do that. In that period of time it just freed up a whole lot of space within our relationship. And I'm sure if you have children as a couple or if you're planning to have children, um, you're used to having a certain amount of quality time that seems to disappear when there's a busy business on top of that or children on top of that or routines on top of that. So use your business goals to be able to propel you to that next level of profit so that you can experience that. Um, I found that you know having that experience as opposed to a new car or a better office or a new computer far more valuable in the long term and that was creating the bliss within our relationship and within our family which was our highest priority. So it just depends on what your highest priority is. And I think that, that that brings us to the next topic, which is what do you want? And what is it that your behavior is showing? And we sum that up with the word integrity. So if you think about how much integrity you have, um, it's very simple. It's what are you talking about that you want compared to what are your behaviors? Okay, so let's use health as the easiest one. Um, this area of my life has just come to the forefront where I've thought, you know, I've got a lot of story about um, what's been happening on the health front within my life because I've had so many different priorities with the kids and with business and with family and all different areas of my life so that physical, that whole physical aspect had dropped to the bottom and um, we've just come out of a big festive season, a big holiday season and so I didn't want that to be my number one priority. However, it always cycles around. It is just like a wheel that's going around. So as each spoke comes to the, the rubber hitting the road as such, you have a look at it and you say, where's my integrity around this area? And so then it's just really important to have a look at what you're saying you desire or what you're saying you want versus what you're actually doing about it. And you know, this has always been a challenge for the majority of the couples that, um, that I've been coaching, is that when we sit down and we look at your 100 weeks to success and we say, right, so this countdown in two years from now, what it is that you wanna create, and then if I were to be um, a fly on the wall in that week, would I be seeing the synergy of that coming true or would I be seeing a whole lot of blocks or a whole lot of um, obstacles getting in your way? And I think for myself it was the opportunity to be able to pick up the areas of my life where I lacked integrity. And I think that that's the only way that we can learn. So it's not about beating ourselves up, it's about saying why. Why, if I had to ask myself the question of why has physical health gone to the bottom of the pile and then talk to some people that physical health is on the top of their list because that will help you gain integrity a lot faster. You know, find out somebody who's in a similar situation who has integrity around that area of their life and go and visit them, go and sit with them. And that's just what I did. I um, picked a couple of people that I thought were to me an inspiration because they had no story around their physical health. I mean, there was plenty of time in the day to be able to get out and exercise. I met a girl who, um, this is when uh, John Howard was the Prime Minister of Australia, and she said, you know, I had this excuse that I didn't have time to walk. 
and she thought, well, wow, if he can, you know, run the country and still fit in an hour walk every day, maybe I'm using a few too many excuses. But it was just that kind of picture. You need a role model or somebody that you always see consistent. Okay, it's consistency is what integrity is about. And if you can create a consistent pattern for yourself, then actually it's far easier than having to recreate that story every single time someone calls you on it. And integrity is like that. It's almost um, too simple when you understand that what are my blocks around this area? So once again, we go back around those three weakest areas and we have a look at your integrity in those areas and then we match that with the story that you've been comfortable with telling. And we go into that story and we ask, well, why are we using that story? Now, when you do this as a couple, it's really easy to say, is that a story or is that integrity based? And just ask the question. Now, you can have fun with that. It doesn't have to be an argument that stems out of that. But be prepared that it could be an argument that stems out of that. Because when you're placing that person um, in a spotlight to say, well, you've just said that what you want is more time with the kids. And when I give you more time with the kids, you're wanting to go and do work. Do you really want time with the kids or do you want to go and work? And these are the questions that when we actually have a look at them and they are highlighted can be quite confronting. And that's why I think the word integrity can, can challenge people a little bit. I think it's a bit of a dying art. And uh, if your life could just be an example to others, then there's no need to tell anybody about the areas of your life because people will be able to witness it and they'll start to um, gravitate towards you as um, you're, you will become the leader in that area of life. So it's just taking one area or maybe two areas at a time and saying, how do I need to clean up this area? Now, integrity around finances. If you've got superannuation that's outstanding, if you've got tax that's outstanding, um, then you need to deal with that. You need to speak to the appropriate people and put a plan in action. And what I found was as soon as I had plans in action, so I wanted to pay out my investors, and I felt that I was lacking integrity by saying to people I had this successful company when I didn't own it 100%. Now that was a story that I was running, but I had a plan to pay out those investors, and so it was okay to say I'm on my way to owning my own business. I'm on my way to owning my own life. Um, because I knew that where I was putting the attention, I was putting the power. And so just make sure that you understand that your integrity um, is going to be seen eventually. If you're an entrepreneur and you're in business, then character is going to come out over time. And it might not come out with the team of people that you're currently working with, but as you grow as a leader and you grow in integrity, you will attract a stronger team to you. And I found that all the areas of weakness that I had were highlighted when I worked with high-performing teams. Because high-performing teams come in all different types of um, modalities, people that are far more task-oriented than I was, and they would call me on my stuff all of the time and say, well, if you're talking about that, then why haven't you done it? And so that first five to seven years for me was a, um, a fantastic opportunity to be able to keep cleaning out that, uh, that thought closet that I had in my brain of all the stuff, just like you clean out your closets at home and you say, right, that's not serving me anymore, I don't like that outfit or I don't need that outfit, then we've got to get rid of it. Okay, so it's the same thing. Integrity is about saying from today onwards, 
I'm going to have integrity around this area of my life and I'm going to trust myself that I'm going to pull through. So it doesn't matter if anybody else is looking. It doesn't matter if you've got witnesses there. You trust yourself and therefore you do what needs to be done. Okay, so we don't talk about things that we don't do. And, uh, and that's a really important, important point. And, uh, and that brings us on then to the next layer of, of bliss, which is it has to be sustainable. See, if you're trying to be perfect in every area of your life, and you're trying to change too quickly, well then usually what will happen is you'll get a massive spike of activity, maybe for 12, 15 hours, 18 hours tops I've found, and then everything comes crashing down because it's too much. So when you're working with this program of bliss as a couple, what's really important is to say that this is a lifestyle change that we're after. This is long-term change. This isn't we just need to change for the week or we just need to change for the month to fix that area of our life. This is saying if I were going to create a lifestyle for myself that was completely sustainable into the future, into generations, then what could I do on a step-by-step -step basis? And so that's why we understand that to, to create something that's sustainable, sometimes we need to shed some things. Okay, so in order for me to create the relationships that I wanted and to create the business that I wanted, I had to shed some of those roles that I mentioned earlier on. And so I had to go through those roles and have a look and set some boundaries around them because otherwise I wasn't going to get anything that was going to be sustainable in the other areas. And so each year I would have maybe two areas of focus. Okay, so I might have, you know, the year of the mother and the year of the business owner. And they are the two areas that I am going to make sure that I get sustainable changes in just two areas of my life because they are the ones that I value the most. And so that meant that there are, does that make sense? There's going to be areas of your life that you're going to have to allow to let go for short periods of time while you build the sustainable growth in those major focus of areas. And I think it's not realistic to, um, to believe that you can get massive change on every area of your life quickly. And I certainly see with couples um, that we start working with, there is a huge amount of optimism and that's fantastic. We need optimism. But allow that optimism to be the 10 year plan and break that back to what needs to happen in five years and then really get clarity over in 100 weeks from now, where is our focus? Where are we going to be working from? Because the sustainable change that we're looking for is to do more with your environment that you're creating and your identity that you have about yourself. We're going much deeper into that area of change when we're creating more bliss within our relationship. And so I found that you know, the environment we had to put ourselves in as a family was the most important. It had to be bedded in forgiveness and in love and in um, the very strong emotions that were going to sustain our relationship because there were going to be rocky times. And therefore that needed to have its own kind of priority. Okay, so that's really important to have a look at that. So it's no different with physical health. If you're looking for sustainable um, growth in that area, then have a look at the environment that you're placing yourself in. 
And I just found that I couldn't put myself in environments where I was going out every week with people that were um, drinking excessively or in a party mode because I didn't yet have the identity of somebody who was controlled around their eating patterns. Okay, so I just couldn't put myself in that environment. And so for sustainable change, it meant that I had to look at that role within my life and say, look, for a period of time, I have to pull back on that area to gain the clarity that I need and the strength that I need within my identity to really, really value that area of my life because that was important in my relationship. If my partner's top priority was physical, then I certainly needed to address that. Otherwise, I'd be out of integrity within our relationship always saying the story of what was happening around physical. So you will have it magnify when you have somebody that you are talking to about these areas to create that sustainable change. It's absolutely worth it, but just one step at a time, one step at a time. Okay, so when we're thinking about, um, you know, understanding what it is to, to have bliss, we need to redefine what that true success is going to feel like in our relationship, what it's going to look like in our relationship, and certainly um, what we're going to hear from others when they come and talk to us. Okay, so that's all different three modalities, the seeing, the hearing, and the feeling. And so success comes in all of those three because you can hear from others that you're very successful. Okay, they can tell you, you can look successful because you have a fantastic house and the cars and, and a domestic PA and you've got a cleaner and you've got, you know, your children look fantastic, but you don't feel successful. Okay, alternatively, you might feel really successful, but you're being told that you're not successful because it's based on some external um, scale that somebody's comparing you to. And so what's important is that for yourself, and as a couple, that you have that clarity of what success looks like, what it feels like, and what you hear about success is very important. And those three areas, when you um, realize which is the one that's clashing, that's where you're gonna be able to support each other through the different, different areas. So, you know, a, a lot of external people would have said that I was very successful, but I didn't feel successful at all. In fact, if I put myself amongst a whole lot of what I would consider very integ integrity-based leaders, very confident leaders, um, then often I would get a headache. So, I mean, that's the first instance that you know you don't feel successful is when you get a physical ailment. And so it wasn't so much just about creating the net worth because chances are you're not going to go around the party explaining to everybody what your net worth is. Okay, you can't show people that. You don't even want to talk about it. Have you ever been with somebody who constantly talks about money and, and um, you know, what their house is like and what new car they've got and whatever you think? Well, there must be something lacking there that you need to talk about this because it just doesn't feel right when you're with those people. That's not what um, necessarily success was to me. And so I think what's really important is living in a state of bliss is having that feeling that everything's on track, everything's exactly how it should be. And um, when you don't have that feeling, then it's important to then go back to those basics because that's how you learn and grow as a couple. And we've had many a discussion where we've thought if we lived in a huge um, palace with a fantastic, um, you know, 
cars and boats and everything then we wouldn't have that as sustainable because we as a couple were miserable um, there wasn't a connection there that was sustainable and so I was fighting for things that just weren't valued by my partner and I needed to stop and reassess what success was to me and why I was chasing that thing that I thought would add to me and that's a really important you know discussion that you need to have is to say do you feel that you're chasing something to add to yourself that's going to make you feel better make you look better or make other people talk about you in a way that you desire to be talked about because if that's the case then that's why early on in this program we want to identify that because generally what I found is that's taking you away from bliss it's when you shed things that you start to gain clarity and you start to not care what other people think about you and you start to not care what other people are saying but you genuinely care how everything's feeling within the relationship if you're moving in the right direction and so being able to talk about that is very very important and that is part of the alignment process and so as we gain bliss our absolute critical thing of what we're we're trying to achieve um, throughout this week is to look at different areas of our life of where we're out of balance and then how can we gain more leverage can we afford that leverage if it's an external thing or can we ask the favor of our partner to be able to create that leverage for us to be able to get a better result we need to do that with integrity we absolutely need to create the sustainability um, for that change and then redefine success and you might do that week after week after week it's a great little program to be able to reassess where you're at so I wish you well with that and I hope what I've shared has really helped you and uh, looking forward to the next session have a great week